Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I have the biggest mouth in the world. I'm very proud to reclaim the title for Guinness World Records' largest gate. I feel pretty dazzled to be a Guinness World Records title holder. My friends and family were very sad and disappointed when I lost it the first time, so it feels pretty good to take it back. I don't understand. So there's this person who had the biggest mouth in the world, somebody beat them, and then they took it, the title back? Does your mouth change size as you get older? Well, it, it, it would appear, having watched the video, that the stretching of the jaw muscles is an important part of having the world's biggest gape. Okay, so how do they, what do you do here? How do they measure this? You open your mouth real wide. <laughs> And then, evidently, so it's, is it based on, you like, put objects in it to amuse people. Is it based on volume of what your mouth can hold or, like, distance between the teeth? What? Yeah, so I, I, I guess got it, the idea. It's it's tooth-to-tooth measurement. Okay. Oh, okay, so it's not just... I thought it was fitting a bunch of stuff in there. Like, you can... Mm, no. I've known people that can put a pop can in their mouth. This guy had, a like, a two-liter bottle in his mouth. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. It's It's freaky to look at. Um, the, he really needs to have his teeth pulled. But then, so he lost. Make sure he lost the title to someone else, and then he like what did exercises or stretched or he, he doesn't explain. He did, just puts lots of stuff in his mouth. Did an '80s training music montage, got all <laughs> jacked up, and went back to the competition. <laughs> it's the mouth of the tiger. The thrill of the fight. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a troubling video. You can watch it at ArmstrongandGetty.com. So we were doing this story for our local folks. We thought we ought to share it with the whole country because this, this, this can happen anywhere in America. The most famous prior to now state waste of money was the big dig in Boston, right? Yeah, and part of that was just that things kept going wrong and some of the plan was ill-considered. It wasn't, I mean, they needed a tunnel and it turned bad. The story we're about to bring you just started idiotic. But they uh, they kept having cost overruns, and the, the years kept going by, and decades went by, and you kept spending billions of more dollars, and you don't end up with a tunnel. Well, similar thing going on in California, where the voters idiotically voted for a bullet train, which any normal person knew was never going to happen, especially when a corrupt state like California, um, and... Uh, when voters approved this in 2008, it was with this idea. A year ago, in the year 2020, people were supposed to be able to get on a train in San Francisco and be in Los Angeles in less than three hours, or vice versa. And Correct. it was going to change everything. Even though you could fly southwest in an hour, any time of day or night, for like 80 bucks. Never right. mind, I don't want to fly on a plane, I want to be on a train, I kind of like the old timiness of it or something. Hey, Michael, I just had a great idea. Can you get get Harry Belafonte's Banana Boat song? We got to start doing a a, a, a feature called uh, Banana Republic California, don't we? I think that's a good idea. I like the idea. Anyway, so as Jack points out, it was 2008. The voters stupidly approved a just under $10 billion bond measure for high-speed rail. Actually, if you took it on its face, $10 billion back and forth between uh, San Francisco and L.A. You can do it in under three hours. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
That's well, pretty yeah, cool. There were going to be federal dollars, and, and, and private companies would rush to be part of this, too, Jack, with a total cost of $33 billion. Well, now the total cost is said to be $83 billion, not 33 And to actually complete the thing, which will never happen, it would be a minimum of $200 billion, in, in, if you're going to be at all realistic. But anyway, what Jack was leading up to is the hilarious and incredibly frustrating fact that the the stupid thing was supposed to run from L.A. to San Francisco starting last year. Well, now it's something like quintupled the cost. They're saying the hundred and some mile part between rural Merced, California, and rural Bakersfield, California. What's the train might... track doing way yeah. over? What's the train track doing way over there? Is that the way they're going to go? Well, yeah. I mean, they had kind of a tentative plan. Okay. But, yeah, the the mock-up, it shows, you know, the route it would take, part of its geography, part of its affordability land and the rest of it. But, anyway, so instead of the whole thing in 2020, they're going to go from rural Merced to rural Bakersfield in 2029. Then they say, as if they have any credibility whatsoever, uh, the whole line will be done four years later in 2023. It's just <laughs> no, it's 2033, rather. And it's it a, absolutely hilarious. Isn't it a regular speed train at this point? Like oh, at yeah. the top speed of like 55 miles an hour, like any like Amtrak? Yeah, it might get a little faster than that, but it's not a bullet train at all because the land in the urban areas is way too expensive, way too highly regulated. You'd have to tear down all sorts of houses and buildings and the rest of it and grade all sorts of land. that You'll never get approval in Cal Unicornia. The truth is, the bitter truth is, this is simply a way to 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 uh, route billions, tens of billions of dollars to the cronies of the government of California. And it'll never get done. The Trump administration, to their eternal credit, withheld nearly a billion dollars in expected funding, arguing the state had missed required benchmarks. They argue that because they had. Nothing was happening the way it was supposed to, according to the law. Immediately when the Biden administration came in, they restored the federal wasted money. So everybody listening... In all 50 states, territories, and protectorates, and some of you expats in foreign lands, you're all paying for this idiotic regular speed train between between rural Merced and rural Bakersfield, California. Finally, Mercedians can live the beautiful dream of being in Bakersfield in about twice as much time as it would take in the old family hup mobile. <laughs> And, you know, we get the government we deserve because morons here. Oh, they're building high-speed rail in California. I'm for that. They have it in Japan and France. No, no, that's not not what's happening. All right? Paying a little bit of attention (laughs) to what's going on. That ain't what's happening. It's absolutely sickening. It really is. And they regularly uh, inflate the number of jobs created. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Anybody who shows up for a single hour of work on the gig is considered a job created so um oddly enough these two these things fit together my my story from the weekend and the bullet train because the best train museum in the in america maybe in the world is in sacramento california and i was at the train museum with my kids over the weekend actually mostly to get out of the heat as we were in old sacramento where they were having the world's strongest man competition i don't know if you've ever watched this on espn5 it's pretty entertaining. You get these great big uh, guys 
throwing kegs of beer over walls. And so one of the things they did was holding axes out at arm's length for some reason. The refrigerator carry. Yes. Now, one of the things I didn't get to see, although I saw a video of it at the train museum, is they had a train on a turntable. I don't know if you know the way the trains worked in the old timey days. So the train would be going this way, it would get onto a turntable, and then they'd turn it around so it could go back the other direction. It's very and, difficult to do a three-point turn in a locomotive. Right, so they, they would turn, the whole track <laughs> would turn, and then it could be pointing the other direction. Well, they had big guys turning the turntable, and uh, it's when the American, the dude from Colorado, who we saw in person, uh, I'll tell you about that in a second, he was in first place, but some guy from Finland or somewhere, Poland, wherever, he turned the train around faster. Ooh. Took him about a minute. The start was really like the inertia because this thing weighed—I forget how many, ten, eighty tons or something like that. Um, and it took him so long to even get started before they got the thing kind of moving, and then they could get a little more speed up. And took him about a minute to turn the thing around. But so we ended up—you had to have tickets, and uh, and they had it all like blocked off because they didn't want people seeing for free. They wanted you to buy tickets or whatever. But they were doing some B-roll for ESPN Five. I'm assuming. Uh, right around the corner, and we came around the corner right when we were doing that, and we got to see one of these behemoths. It was the guy that was currently in first place at the time, guy from Colorado. Um, I thought I had seen some big guys in my life. I mean, I've seen NFL <laughs> football players. I've seen Shaq up close. This guy was like like he was CGI-created monster. Mostly wow. the depth of him is what so it was so amazing. <laughs> he was as thick, you know. Do you mean he had intriguing ideas and was well read? <laughs> his his distance from like chest bone to spine was as as wide as Shaq. I mean, he was just it was amazing. Mm. It was just my me and my kids. We just stood there. Staring at him like, like, is this a hologram? Is this, this can't be a human being? Those are two people squished together. Oh, right? two very, very yeah. large people squished together. You know, I see guys like that or Shaq, and I think you're a different breed of dog than me. You're a Great Dane. I'm kind of a retriever. But they, they had the cameras on him, and I think they were just getting like, you know, footage to like for coming back from commercials and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So he did some keg throwing. So he's swinging the keg between his legs with his giant body and his knees all taped up so they don't give out on him and he throws that keg in the air it was awesome oh it was like for for a nine and eleven year old boy hardly anything cooler you could see in your life than that get some good distance on that keg yeah i mean i don't know how far you should throw a keg but it was further than i could throw a keg (laughs) um it was very cool yeah and the bellow he let out and he's bright red <laughs> yes, like a giant of old. Yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. <laughs> Good stuff. Controversially, my kids for Father's Day texted me. Didn't pick up the horn to talk to the old man. Texted. What do we think of this? Hmm? Sean, you're a youngster. I understand. Uh, as a bridge between uh, the, I'm right on the edge of the millennial years. I understand their impulse, and I understand the parents. Uh, I don't like that impulse. Yeah, call yeah. me. I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, uh, well, you know, I think what's important is that I call them today and say something really passive aggressive. One hundred percent about how I really appreciated the text, but it'd be nice to talk. Maybe bring up inheritance. Maybe bring up who knows how long I'll last. Claim one of the other kids did call you, even though they didn't, and. Uh... 
There I'm you not going to tell you which one. Yeah. <laughs> the one who cares is the one that called. You know, tell as, that to all of them. As your mother and I, as we were sacrificing, raising you, and mm-hmm. doing all the things, what I was really looking forward to on a Father's Day someday in the future was emojis. And I'm really glad. <laughs> Thank you, you for sending that emoji, because yeah, I know how much work that was. <laughs> Yeah, oh, really, that's some good passive. Aggression. Did you have to completely wake up or get sober to do that, or were you able to do that lying down <laughs> baked? I'm going to have you guys write me out a rough draft. I like the way this is going. I love it. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I saw this headline over the weekend. Um, a, a car plowed into some people at a pride parade. Killed some people? Killed a person. At Killed least, a yeah. person and uh, injured some others. And immediately the headline was, um, you know, in an act of hate or something like that. And I thought to myself, okay, how do they know that already or whatever? And then as I read through the story, then Googled and read through multiple stories, there were no facts to prove that it was an act of hate. It was just people being hit by a car at a pride parade. And then I guess the assumption that it was a hate crime. I mean, because it didn't seem like there were any facts available on this. And then I forgot about it over the weekend. Well, I'm glad that Robbie Suave of Reason looked more into this story to try to figure out what the truth is. Automatically assume that every tragedy is actually a hate crime or a terrorist attack. Even before, why do politicians... Robbie, what's on your radar this morning? Sorry about that. Here's a question. Why do politicians and members of the mainstream media automatically assume that every tragedy is actually a hate crime or a terrorist attack, even before all the facts come in. This weekend brought yet another example. After a car ran over and killed a man at a pride parade in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the perpetrator was initially presumed to be an anti-gay zealot making a political statement. But it later turned out the driver was a participant in the parade. The tragedy now appears to have been an unfortunate accident. Fort Lauderdale Mayor Dean Trantalis didn't waste any time, though, on Twitter, he initially called the accident a terrorist attack against the LGBT community. It was deliberate, it was premeditated, and it was targeted against a specific person. Since none of those things are true, he has now reversed course and admitted he leapt to conclusions. Yeah, that, uh, that happens all the time, and we've got to stop for a variety of reasons. The first being that going with the truth is just a good idea for news stories, um, Things get out of hand real quick if you start making stuff up to push various agendas. The truth is always better. But secondly, it makes people like me as cynical as I am. When I heard the headline initially, I thought, okay, where's the proof that this was a hate crime? I looked for mm-hmm. the proof, didn't come across any, so, so then assumed, and in this case rightly assumed, that you were making this up, and they were making it up. Not just the mayor or whoever, all the journalists who are covering the story went with some sort of headline or first paragraph to insinuate that this was a hate crime with nothing to base it on. You're not helping. Once again, we're trying to create a race war. We're trying to create a war between uh, straights and gays. Why? What, What do you think the end game is here? Clicks. It's more exciting. Way more exciting. Guy loses control of his car, hits somebody. Everybody feels terrible. Nobody's going to click on that. I do not want to get in the habit of defending the media, but as soon as the mayor calls it all those things, 
I Truth feel like the reporters are justified speaking in saying... as if he has substantive information, yeah, right? The, yeah. you know, the reporters can... The mayor calls, blah, 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 and then they have all the, the ammo they need to, to further the narratives. You're right. They do, they do get the lean on that. Because I was looking through the stories to see if there's any evidence that the mayor is referring to. Because he didn't. Because right. he had done. And this part of the world of reporting is probably one of the most biased, certainly one of the most biased. Every time uh, somebody robs an Asian person, it's an anti-Asian hate crime. Right. The race of the perpetrator is never named unless it's a white person. You know, any black on white hate crime isn't reported at all or the race of the perpetrators left out. It's just it's so fraught with bull crap difficult to take in that's interesting i just i was not very up on the news over the weekend judy and i were celebrating our anniversary and i was not going to do that by pouring through the horror of the day so i just came upon the story kind of at the end i skipped the first several chapters and just to the end where it was a tragedy a guy in that very chorus lost control of his car it's just terrible now for a good day or so it was a you know as a hate attack during pride month of all times um how much time i got my go one minute. Okay, this is probably long enough for this. Uh, Wall Street Journal opinion piece by Paul Wolfowitz and Bill Drexel. Paul Wolfowitz is responsible for the war in Iraq. But that aside, he's a, a smart thinker with AEI, and he wrote a, an opinion piece. Xi's rewriting history won't stay in China. The Communist Party blunts its past criticism of Mao's cultural revolution. So it's about how Xi is changing textbooks and actually making it illegal in many instances, to talk about the real history of China. And I think it's quite a contrast that China's hiding their national history to make themselves sound better, whereas we are, with the 1619 Project and other things, rewriting our pretty decent history to make it sound worse. Which one of those countries is going to emerge in the 21st century? Yeah, yeah. I know I have my guess. We're trying to make ourselves sound worse, or are they trying to make themselves sound better? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I continue to be interested in the whole mask thing, just uh, people's preferences and businesses' preferences. I am not doing uh, business with businesses that make me wear a mask because there are all other alternatives now. And, uh, you know, your choice, but I ain't doing it. I don't want to promote anti-science because it will lead to schools being shut down longer and businesses being shut down longer. It harms our society. So I'm not going to promote your weird anti-science slash political narrative. Unless, how about if they had a big sign that said, because our workers are not all vaccinated, please wear a mask. I'm vaccinated. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so... I went, yeah, I've uh, seen a lot of those. If you're fully vaccinated, don't don't bother signs, which is heartening. Yeah, but so uh, a grocery store, which I thought was making masks mandatory, but I just wasn't more just didn't see the sign is not. Just everybody there was wearing a mask. Because in the grocery store, every single person had a mask on, but me. I saw this thing in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Andrew Kessler wrote, "Maskless among the lemmings." He went to a Trader Joe's in California. Forty nine out of fifty. He was the fiftieth. Shoppers had uh, masks on, even though not required to. I mean, he's just getting into the wondering why. What's going on there? It's it's interesting. Um, Supreme Court just came down with a ruling. Will this affect college sports in a major way? I don't know. Another unanimous ruling, by the way, which is always interesting, which that means 
lower courts and decision makers were completely wrong. Not the most conservative or liberal <laughs> Supreme Court justice thinks you were right. Would anybody like to side with the district court? Anybody? No. No. People so that Supreme... don't agree on anything think you're wrong. The soups decided unanimously that the NCAA cannot enforce rules limiting education-related benefits like computers and paid internships that colleges offer to student-athletes. The case does not decide whether students can be paid salaries. Instead, the ruling will help determine whether schools decide to offer athletes tens of thousands of dollars in those benefits for things including tutoring, study abroad programs, graduate scholarships, etc. Meanwhile, the NCAA, I think independently, or maybe just because they know which way the wind is blowing, are uh, are working on rules that say, yeah, you can use your uh, your name, image, and likeness to make money. If you're the star... Uh, star athlete, we can sell posters of you and you get the money. Because it used to be, you know, if Joe Jones was the big star at, at Duke and a million posters were sold and, and Joe Jones jerseys and the rest of it, old Joe Jones got Jack S <laughs> out of the revenue. Uh, but they're working on those rules. So it's not quite as sweeping a rule as I, the ruling as I thought it was, but it's definitely, uh, a big step in one particular direction. Old Joe Jones can shoot the rock though. Oh yeah. Man. You kidding? Nobody can stop Jones when he's hot. What would suck is cause a lot of the athletes that, that, that get screwed by this, they're going to make so much money in the pros that, you know, still unfair, but you'll, you'll recover thinking of. Kevin Durant, watch him in Game 7 Saturday night. Giant college star. Huge college star. But he's made so much money as a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, hundreds of millions of dollars. But sometimes, you know, you don't pan out as a professional athlete. Your heyday was at a, as a college player. That was your chance to make big-time money off of your jersey and your poster and everything like that. Or at least some money. I don't know how much money Tim Tebow's made as a professional athlete, but he hasn't he hasn't made it in the in the NFL. I don't know how much money he's made. He he would God, how much money would he have made off of selling Tebow jerseys when oh, he was boy. a college athlete? Holy yeah. crap. Tebow prayer mats, what have you. Yeah, whatever. Uh yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this devol- develops. Prayer I, mats. Kinda... Why did why did you throw that in? I don't know, because do he's mean? a devout Christian. You know what you are? You're divisive. That's what you are. What? No, I'm not. I want to, I want people who think I'm divisive to stand in that corner. <laughs> people who disagree to stand over in that corner. Uh, now fight. Anyway. Oh, now lunge at each other. Speaking of divisive, Jack, uh, the border, which divides the U.S. and Mexico, horrible violence over, uh, I think, the weekend. When did this happen exactly? Right across from McAllen, Texas, you have uh, Reynosa, uh, Mexico. Giant slaughter. I mean, it's kind of a gun battle, but mostly just a murder. Gunmen and vehicles killed 14 people, including taxi drivers, workers, and nursing student. Uh, Security forces responded with operations that left four suspects dead. But it is right across from McAllen, Texas, and people are coming across the border like crazy, including the cartels. Uh, the governor, uh, called the victims innocent citizens. There was one really interesting quote. Where was that? Um, let's see. The mayor, uh, I'm sorry. I thought I had it in front of me, but the mayor called for an explanation of the violence from the cartels. And the way it was, was phrased, 
it's clear that they communicate. Um, and he he wants them to explain what the hell happened. What are you doing? Um, but uh, so I wonder, should we build bridges, not walls, for those people who slaughtered fourteen people in broad daylight? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Helicopters overhead, just wholesale wholesale running street battles right across the border. That's wild, like yeah. the wild west. Well, yeah, and and it's just so obvious that the the government is infiltrated. Uh, the way, and I, I apologize for not coming up with a quote because I had it earlier, but everybody knows that the government is Ill- infiltrated all, all levels in by the cartels in Mexico. This was the Gulf Cartel, which evidently is splitting apart, apparently. But um, including the president at one time, we found out from the El Chapo trial. Right, right. Uh, allegedly, um, but obviously somebody who was supposed to be keeping things relatively cool in agreement with the mayor didn't, and he said he wanted an explanation. So it's a, it's a very different country, very different culture. Do we want it uh, wholesale here? Uh, I vote no. How about if Jeff got this text? How about if Jeff Bezos bought the Eiffel Tower and put an Amazon logo on top of it? Huh? This is the, tower. It's the ongoing story of the internet wanting Jeff Bo- Bezos to buy the Mona Lisa and then eat it for some reason because he's got enough money. Um, so Adam Schiff, oh Shifty Schiff, thinnest neck I've ever seen. Remember him of the Russian collusion trial? He's systematically the, lying to the American people and leaking classified information for years. Yes, I remember him. He is not a long ball hitter. He was on one of the shows yesterday, um, and he was just more or less speaking in his capacity as chair of the Intelligence Committee, so he knows a lot about the hackings and ransomware attacks and all that sort of stuff that's going on. And talking about the change in strategy and the way we look at these things that is occurring, I'll fill in any blanks afterwards. The U.S. is on offense in the cyber realm. Does that mean we're entering an age of greater volatility? I think we do have to go more on offense. Uh, and I, I think that means that when we identify cyber groups that are working in conjunction with foreign states, that we treat them as an arm of the state uh, and that we use our cyber capability to uh, destroy or disrupt the infrastructure they're using uh, to raid whatever funds they're accumulating from these uh, attacks. Uh, does that you know, yield to greater instability? Very possibly, um, because we would be taking action against foreign parties. Uh, and unless we get more serious, both about our defense, which has to be number one, but also our offense, we're going to see more of this. We're going to go on the offense now, people. And Schiff said earlier in that interview that uh, our government believes that that Russian group that attacked the pipeline is absolutely working with the knowledge of and okay of Putin. So then what he said there is we're going to treat these groups as an arm of the state. And so the state is, you know, on the hook for that, and we will go on the offense against them. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a policy shift for the country. Uh, It it was headed that direction. I mean, it was just a matter of time, right? It was just a matter of time before we got there, and now we're there. One one of you groups in China or uh, wherever the hell you are, you attack us. The state you're in, we consider that an attack by Russia, and now we get to attack you however we see fit. Yeah, well, I don't think that's much of a stretch either, according to the no. really good reporting I've read on the topic. Yeah, the uh, these uh, malign governments like Russia's, they finance these people, they give them facilities, they say, hey, rip off as many people as you want, make as much money as you want, just make it the U.S., target the U.S. You notice they're not targeting Germany a lot these days. 
who are buying that, who are helping pay for that enormous pipeline that's going to benefit Russia so much. So, yeah, good. It's weird to hear Adam Schiff and not hate him. I mean, I still hate him, but what he said, I don't hate. It seemed very reasonable and intelligent. Yeah, but it is going to lead to more instability. Instability. Um, We're we're, we're entering an unstable time, which is frightening. But what are you going to do? Well, yeah, it's just what do you, well, exactly. What are you going to do? You're Hope just you're going to win. Take I guess. it. Well, yeah, exactly. You can't, can't just take it. Oh, one more international relations story. Just became aware of this. Chinese language anti-communist media and Twitter are abuzz with rumors that a high-placed security official has defected to the U.S. and we are hiding him right now. Yes. Dong Jingwei from Hong Kong, Hong Kong Dong, they call him. We are in the process of pumping him for information. What's he spilled so far? We'll share it with you in moments. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's on level three. Let's see what that does. Weak. It's on level 30 now. Weak. So, honestly, this thing is kind of weak. I'm not going to lie. So, I, I cranked it all the way up to level 99. So, I'm going to see if that really does anything. I'm going to just go ahead and try to get... <laughs> As a woman trying her dog shock collar, which they won't sell, don't sell, uh, where I live. Uh, as too cruel, but it's the idea of a if, if you bark, it's it's the the sound sets off the shock. Well, or or you can use it for a variety of training methods. And anybody who sets it to a painful level is abusing their dog. It's just supposed to get their attention and be mildly unpleasant. But her apparent belief was that the shock collar wasn't strong enough, so she tried it on a couple <laughs> of lower levels. Well, let's hear it again. Then she tried it on a higher level. It's on level three, let's see what that does. Weak. It's on level thirty now. Weak. So, honestly, this thing is kind of weak. I'm not going to lie. So, I, I cranked it all the way up to level 99. So, I'm going to see if that really does anything. I'm going to just go ahead and try to get... Oh! Oh! That sounds real. Do you think it was real? That sounds like somebody shocking the bejesus out of themselves. <laughs> yes, it does. The classic, uh, the, oh, I'll, I'll escalate things one degree, one degree, one degree. I'm bored. Let's 4X the last thing that I was doing. Haven't we all done that with so many different things? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wake. I love it when she says that. Now let's see what that does. Weak. It's on level 30 now. Weak. So, honestly, this thing is kind of weak. I'm not going to lie. So, I I cranked it all the way up to level 99. So, I'm going to see if that really does anything. I'm going to just go ahead and try to get... Now you released your bowels. I like, Weak. I like that final groan. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I hate to bring uh, seriousness back to the table, but I, this is something. Anti-communist Chinese language uh, media and Twitter are abuzz with the rumor that Vice President of State Security Dong Jingwei defected in mid-February, flying from Hong Kong to the U.S. with his daughter. Now listen to this. Good move on his part. February of this year, 
Allegedly, this official gave the U.S. information about the Wuhan Institute of Virology that changed the stance of the Biden administration Uh, concerning the origins of the COVID-19. That's why it changed overnight. At the time, everybody, including me, was wondering, why did you go like overnight from didn't believe it to believe it? Okay, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this guy, if, if it's true that he defected, he'd be the highest level defector in the history of the People's Republic of China. Cool. Um, according to a former Chinese foreign ministry official who defected after the Tiananmen Square massacre, um, his defection was raised by Chinese official, officials last March at the Sino-American Summit in Alaska. It's part of the reason they were feeling surly mm. and they demanded his return. Mm, okay. Uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Former Pentagon State Department and CIA expert Nicholas Fedemiades, author of Chinese Espionage Operations and Tactics, which is probably a heck of an interesting read, called the report exactly what it is, a rumor. It happens all the time in the information warfare between Beijing and anti-communist overseas Chinese. But he also said, the fellow that I quoted before, um, uh, is a straight shooter, not known to exaggerate in any way or form. He's trusted for his integrity. So, hmm, interesting. Uh, nobody's sure exactly what's going on, but that would explain a couple of Heck things. Heck yeah. Man, I hope we have their, what, what was this guy allegedly? Uh, longtime official in China's Ministry of State Security. Uh, Vice Minister of State Security, so pretty high-level guy. I wonder. Do you know Wingstop? I do. They sell chicken wings, I assume? Mm-hmm. I don't mm, like chicken so wings, but good. I'm one of the few. Um, I like well, them. It's, it's just chicken. It's just uh, a no, different shape. I like them. It's just too much work. It's too slow. I like bigger chicken pieces. But anyway, um, Wingstop is paying more for chicken, like everything else is more expensive, and they're hard to come by, so it's creating a new delivery and carryout brand called Thighstop. Wingstop will run Thighstop as a virtual brand out of its 1,400 U.S. restaurants. That is my favorite cut of uh, chicken. The thigh. The thigh. Oh, it gets yeah. a bad rap because it's, it's, it's not white. It's not white meat and the, the whole, all oh, that's the healthy stuff, but the, the flavorful, like good, uh, good thigh is, oh, that's good stuff. Well, I want to eat some of that right now. I thought there were more vitamins in dark meat, but it's fattier, I guess. Yeah. I've yeah. never. Yeah, th- but fat is in now. I've never thought about this for a second, whether or not you should eat the white or the dark. Well, that's why you're falling apart. Crumbling. <laughs> right in front of our eyes. But yeah, so interestingly, in their business model, this now allows them to buy whole chickens, and now they just piecemeal it out. Now they can sell all the parts, as opposed to just having to buy the the wings. Where are they going to have necks and gizzards and stuff then? They're buying Let's the whole go to chicken. Next stop, mommy. <laughs> I don't want the show to be over, but I'm ready to listen to the final thought from Armstrong again. Yeah. Yeah. Next stop is not a good name for a chicken parts. Yeah. Gizzardville. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the show for the day. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room, Michelangelo. Final thought, Michael? Yeah, you know that woman who did the dog shot color? She started from low, and then she went all the way to high. I used to do that with firecrackers as a kid, and uh, that was just stupid. Mm. What did you do with them? Well, I'd have one, and then I would tie another one and another one and try and get oh, the... Yeah. yeah. And similar oh. thing, probably. You get bored and jump like 
15 at once. Yep. 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 Positive Sean, our producer, final thought? I probably ate more uh, chicken wings over the course of the, the pandemic than any other time period in my life, mm. simply because those traveled the best for delivery, various delivery options. Interesting uh, tidbit there. Good hack. Mm. Jack, a final thought to share? Yeah, so Joe Biden's uh, dog, Champ, died over the weekend at age 13, and they just showed a picture up on TV of Joe Biden with Champ as a puppy, and Joe Biden was still ancient. <laughs> so that was interesting. I was expecting a picture. Oh, a young Joe Biden with no, still a very old Joe Biden with Champ as a puppy. Ah, uh, interestingly, a similar theme, I guess. Uh, Judy and I stepped out this weekend, went uh, up the coast to a little touristy place to celebrate our anniversary, and uh, checked into this hotel right behind a dad with his two girls and a boy that appeared to be. Exactly the same spaced as our two daughters and mm. our son, but the youngest was two and I like eight and six. Brought a tear to my eye. Honestly, it did. Uh, time flies. The hours drag, but the years fly. And uh, and enjoy it. Dads, happy belated Father's Day. You are so important to your kids. Uh, keep doing a great job. Yes, and I do recognize that while it is a tremendous amount of work, it was just yesterday hanging out with my boys. Um, that is the intense, uh, enjoyable part of life that I will look back on forever and enjoy. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All sorts of great clicks under hot links. We've got great swag you can buy. Get you a t-shirt. Send us an email. If there's something we ought to be talking about, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, we got to keep an eye on that trans weightlifter when the Olympics get started, right? I think that's going to be one of the big stories coming out of this summer games. Clearly. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. I will not be a party to this bull****. That is the climax of foolishness. Get over it. I think this is so ill-advised. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gun. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. You are being a grumpy pants. What does it have to be? You, you, you. You're not making them laugh, but you're bringing us together. So, let's go out with a bang. He throws that kick and... (laughs) 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 Armstrong and Getty.